All right, we are back with a new episode of the EdTech Takeout. This is episode 111, which is probably like a lucky episode. One, one, one. One, one, one. And um, it's a special one because Gina Rogers is back as co-host. For reals this for time. For reals this time. So she's decided she's going to be a co-host forever. Forever, ever? so we apologize ahead of time for all of the dumb commentary between gina and i for the rest of the episodes for eternity um and in this episode we will also be revisiting the topic of computer science and we are welcoming Corey rogers and bridget castelluccio as guests this week to share their wealth of knowledge around computer science so welcome ladies thanks for having us thank you so maybe let's start with, I know we're revisiting this topic, but if you could just give us a refresher around what is computer science and maybe then as a follow-up, what are the most common misconceptions about computer science? So computer science is the study of devices and software and how people use them. Um, so I feel like that's super simple, but that's what it is. Um, and in Iowa, we adopted the CSTA standard. So when we're working with teachers, we talk about computer science being those five areas. So computing systems, which is hardware and software, network and the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, so how do we set up a network? What's the security or the cybersecurity around that? Data and analysis. So how do we collect uh, sort and then make meaning with data. Mm -hmm. uh, computers can help us do that much more easily. Algorithm programming is the coding part everybody thinks about. And then impacts of computing, which I feel like we are seeing a lot lately. How do, how do computers and computing artifacts impact our daily lives? Mm -hmm. So I'll let Bridget talk about misconceptions. Okay. So misconceptions, it is a lot of coding, and it's done individually, maybe in a secluded area. But in reality, computer science is a collaborative effort by many people, and it's impacting every part of our world each and every moment of the day. I think another misconception that I like to um, dispel right away is like it's magic. Yeah. Like algorithms are magic. We can't possibly know. It's just sure. an algorithm. Yeah. We can't fix it. Or that it's a computer. I'm going to break it. That kind of stuff. Like computing devices do what we tell them to do. So we have the power to make them better or to stop using them or mm -hmm. to make lots of changes. And we can uncover that stuff. I think that's another misconception. I like, I want to push on really hard in our work lately is like an algorithm isn't magic. Somebody designed it. We can like figure out what it is and make it better. You guys aren't just walking around like sprinkling your computer science fairy dust all over things. Wouldn't that be fun? I That'd mean, be great. <laughs> it's something to think about, ladies. So um, why we, we're revisiting. You've done a great job of explaining computer science. Why are we still talking about computer science? Because in education, things seem to come and go. And why is computer science sticking around? Well, I think it, like we were saying, it you see it every day in your life. So like I did laundry this weekend. I have an app on my phone to run towels or bright whites continues to be annoying for me. But like that's touching my life. Mm -hmm. Microwaves have computer science in them. Our cars have computer science in them. So it's not going away. Uh, and I think the other reason why Bridget and I continue to talk about it is there's requirements in the state of Iowa, and we're not alone. Other states are adding requirements. Right. But specifically in Iowa, our schools have already been asked to create a K-12 plan, 
and to start offering a half credit of computer science in the high schools this year. So we know for sure our districts in Grant Wood are on track to be successful. We work with a statewide team. So we feel like I was in good shape. Mm -hmm. But next fall, all public and non-public accredited schools in Iowa are going to be asked to teach one grade level of computer science in at least uh, one grade level between first and sixth grade, and then uh, computer science in one grade level between seventh and eighth grade. So we are continuing to bang the drum mm-hmm. so that our districts are prepared and that our kids have really good, high-quality experiences. Mm-hmm. So why do you think this is? Why is it so important for our educators to um, care about computer science? Why does the state of Iowa care about computer science so much? What are we getting from computer science? Well, we're getting a future workforce a state of Iowa report for computer science. There's like 6,000 plus jobs within a computer science related field right now. So we need to build that capacity and open up some doors for probably some students who don't really know what they want to do or be because the that's where the jobs are going to be. So see themselves as computer scientists early on. I think that's the push for the K. 12 plan is to build that pipeline. The other thing is those soft skills or durable skills is what I've heard them called. Oh, I like that Ooh, so I like much that a lot. Don't, I heard that at a Future Ready conference uh, last year. So like those durable skills, communication, collaboration, adaptability, flexibility. As Corey said, we can change algorithms, but that's not always easy. Coding, you have to go back and find bugs and collaborate with other people or take existing code and change it. So the skills that students would be getting with the exposure of computer science, with problem solving, growth mindset, it's really exciting for their future. So I think that's why we need to continue to keep it at the forefront of everyone's mind. Yeah, and I think you kind of touch on this a little bit, but we hear from teachers a lot about how right now, especially, there seems to be some engagement, um, you know, struggles in in classrooms what are some of the engagement benefits that you see with computer science why why do kids get engaged with computer science well i think first of all it feels like a video game quite often i mean let's be frank Mm -hmm. so if if you have students which we all do that really love video games it feels very much like that i also think there's instant feedback to kids which is why they like video games like the psychology of that is i instantly know if i'm on track i instantly get a reward With computer science, and especially if you're using curriculums that are designed that way, kids get pretty instant feedback if it works or not. Um, And I think what we're doing or what we're seeing in curriculums and in platforms is then it's also giving kids really direct feedback. Like line 56 of your code has an error. Mm -hmm. Well, that feels like I can persist enough to solve that. Where if I write a paper uh, and it's five paragraphs and the feedback is like fix your grammar. I mean, I know teachers give much more specific, but sometimes it feels like I don't know how to fix that to make my my voice be more specific in my writing. Mm -hmm. Where coding, I think, feels much more like they can solve that problem in it. Um, I think computer science lets kids... Uh, They can use computer science to show what they know about topics they care about. So like our team talks a lot about choice and voice. Well, if kids are coding something in Python as an instructor, it doesn't matter to me what the problem is they're solving with their code as long as I can see the standards that I need to address in their code. So if we're Mm -hmm. working on sequencing and looping, 
they can have a program that addresses that with football statistics, with Pokemon statistics, with fashion stat, like doesn't matter to me where that goes. So I think that's another reason why we see kids super engaged in it. It's creative. I mean, it's it's a it's a new lens of creativity for kids. I also feel like it enables some of our students who have uh, diverse neuro neuro no, what's my word neurodiversity neurodiversity <laughs> I had them both but not together um, and I've seen that myself several students previous students that I had um, on the autism spectrum totally excelled mm-hmm. within that realm and so it just opens up a whole new world and it is it's creative it's fun they laugh they're challenged and they accept the challenge instead of complain about it mm-hmm. <laughs> so with the new state requirements and the new standards that the state has adopted, we will probably have teachers that are being asked to teach computer science that are like, wait, I have a reading endorsement. I don't know how to teach coding. I don't know how to teach computer science. Um, so what sort of supports are available for those teachers to make them very, very comfortable in this new role that they're going to have to adopt. Yeah, so Bridget and I and the statewide AEA computer science team, I say we're spending a lot of time on teacher identity. So like I signed up to be a computer science teacher a long time ago, but I know not everybody on the team did. Um, so what I would say first for high school folks, well, secondary folks, is we have, we're super excited about an NSF grant, a National Science Foundation grant to help teachers in Iowa get the secondary endorsement for free. So if you're a teacher in Iowa and you want training as a secondary teacher, there's a grant. We'll, I, we'll put it in the show notes, I assume, a link. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Sure. Okay. Um, for folks to sign up. But I think the, the best thing that you can do is get training and get support, and we have tons of that. So whether it's getting the endorsement for free, there's that. Um, The AEA team has gotten over $1.5 million in the last two years to provide training in the summer to teachers. So we've had everything from code.org computer science principles training to boot up PD for K-2 teachers, which teaches them how to do scratch and how to use um, computer science vocabulary like algorithm in their classroom. So if you have a routine for your kids to line up to go out in the snow, to line up for lunch, to take attendance, those are all algorithms. So it's just like real subtle shifts that teachers can make uh, to do that. But I would say what we're trying to do is have lots of informal and formal opportunities for teachers to get training, to build their skills. But I'll let Bridget talk. Since Bridget actually has had to learn all this stuff on the job, (laughs) too. Yes. The uh, one week of hour of code, that was my experience in the elementary classroom. So now much, much more uh, informed. But we're very fortunate that the Iowa Department of Ed is providing a lot of grants for curriculum and PD for time to meet with computer science teams within their districts to develop that plan and continue to go back to it and create some action steps and goals. Also then um, different funding throughout to specifically do things within the districts that the districts need. So that's really awesome. And then Corey mentioned we have a statewide team. We work collaboratively to offer equitable opportunities for both our students and the teachers. And I think that's been really, really evident. We've gotten some great feedback. We had a whole group of 
huge group of people that went to CSTA National Conference in July. And uh, we were the talk of the conference with 100 plus blue t-shirts from Iowa. And they're like, oh, you're one of those Iowa CS teachers. And we're like, yes, we are. So I think that's really exciting because sometimes as a computer science teacher or as a teacher who's trying to implement the computer science, like at the elementary level, you feel isolated. So to develop that community within not just um, our local Grantwood AEA, but statewide is really exciting. And then to be acknowledged by other people from other states. Super exciting for our educators and then for our students. So specifically for our listeners who might be within the Grantwood AEA area, are there any things that you'd want to share about opportunities for learning specific to us here? Yeah, so we have um, some script networks coming up. Script's a program that's sponsored by CS for All that helps districts to make a plan. There, there are rubrics that they rate themselves on in Iowa. If you've done differentiated accountability or ESSA work, it's super similar. It's just really narrowed down to computer science. So in April, we have a full day workshop for teams to come back together, revisit their K twelve plan, and then kind of revamp to say like, okay, what do we need? to do before the fall? Is there is there PD for teachers this summer happening that we can make sure they're a part of and they can get a stipend for their time to do that work? Um, we have standards workshops that we run pretty periodically, um, get used to the computer science and get introduced and then how to unpack them so you can make meaning of them. Um, we run a computer science elementary network where we invite elementary teachers to travel to a district that's in their vicinity to meet another computer science teacher, uh, to showcase a computer science teacher that's doing really good work, and then to problem solve. So this fall, we're super fortunate. Joan Hippen hosted us at Washington. Mm -hmm. She shared what they're doing in Washington through her teacher librarian role and then her teaching role for computer science. Other um, teachers and then an administrator from the area came, and we just asked questions and problem-solved. So we have one coming up in the spring and March in Belle Plaine, and then another at West Branch. So our hope is it's right after school. Hopefully you don't have to travel too far across the agency, and at least you can start to build your network and problem-solve. What other things can you think of, Bridget? Um, I think we're just trying to be really responsive to our districts as they need it. So we all know there's a huge sub-challenge. <laughs> so we are just, we go out into the districts and help them when their team is meeting and support that work. We've given them audit tools so they can look at the computer science standards and see where they might already be doing things right. that, or just tweak a math lesson and all of a sudden you've also hitting a data and analysis standard as well, which has been watching teams go through that and districts go through that, the big ahas of like, oh, yes, <laughs> we've got this. Look how much we're already doing is a really great feeling. So we have the big opportunities, but we also tried to individualize just to meet the needs of the people we serve. So do you have specific projects and pilots that you have started with school districts or work that you're really excited to share about? Give some people some shout outs. Yeah, we're super. So we're super <laughs> excited. Gina's part of this, too. So Gina should chime in. Yes. Uh, we we started working probably a year, a year and a half ago with the science, the lead elementary science consultant at Iowa City Schools, Patrick Snyder. So shout out to Patrick. Mm -hmm. um, and our colleague, Laura Musser, who's a science consultant at the agency with us about how could we help Iowa City to get computer science into science because 
um, at least in Iowa, but I think across the country, getting science and social studies into your schedule when you've got requirements for math and ELA is a challenge. And so um, I think I think, I'm not speaking out of turn, Iowa City's thought was, well, if we can get computer science into science, it makes that science even more important. So maybe it will happen um, or happen with a little more fidelity and a little bit more time. So we have worked with them to add computer science to their energy unit. I, Gina should talk about it. We haven't heard Gina a ton. Um, yeah, it's been really fun to work with the teacher. I think my favorite part has been in the past few weeks, like getting into the classrooms yeah, and seeing the sure. kids um, working with the micro bits. But um, what they have been really focusing on is just the fourth grade energy unit and how energy transfers and how the transfer of energy can be controlled utilizing the micro bit. And the micro bit is a physical computing device. And so it makes it very evident to the students when they have done something correctly. Um, And so that's been really fun to see the kids like persevere and work through and also kind of think about, um, you know, how they're able to really control what's happening utilizing that micro bit. Um, It's been really interesting too to listen to some of the kids just who have who have like some additional prior knowledge about yeah. um, energy or whatever the transfer of energy just chime up. So in one school that we were in, I came if it was Kirkwood, I think, or Central, I can't remember. I think it was Central actually is what it is. Um, one of the boys chimed in just about like how energy transfers through a battery and the significance of the plus and minuses. And that's something that we had never like even really thought about addressing within the unit. Um, But I thought it was just such a cool connection that he brought. So that's been really fun work. The teachers have been working super hard ever since, um, well, we started the planning phases last year in the spring, I guess, late spring or early spring, um, and plan through the summer a little bit. And then the teachers have been doing all their learning August through um, December, and then they've just kind of started that energy unit or FOSKIT this past, um, I guess it's, most of them started in January, a few started in December. So yeah, it's been really fun. So we replaced just a few. So we, we went through and we saw like, this unit is ripe. We can hit a lot of the th- uh, grade banded three through five standards mm-hmm. in this energy unit. And we went through, we didn't replace the whole unit. We just kind of took some activities or some lesson plans and went like, oh, well, we can remove some work that was happening with incandescent light bulbs or with a string of Christmas lights and put the micro bit in. So I think that's the other thing that's exciting to me is our hope is it doesn't feel like one more thing to teachers. We're taking a lesson that was there that maybe kids weren't super engaged in and we're replacing it with with a little bit updated materials. Uh, it's been fun to hear kids uh, call incandescent light bulbs old school light bulbs or old light bulbs. <laughs> and then LEDs are new or good light bulbs. So some of that language is really fun. Um, I think the other piece that I want Bridget to speak to is like how the teachers are feeling about this too. So, so I taught the unit when I was in the classroom as a fourth grade teacher. And what I see from the teachers is a rejuvenation of the unit and an authenticity 
to the learning that's a lot more applicable than it was a great unit and very solid with the energy energy transfer, but it's pushing those students to think beyond the unit itself and more into futuristic ways of how we are harnessing and transferring energy and controlling it. So the I loved being a teacher who's taught it, looking at teachers teaching it, and just it's really exciting to see their excitement and their willingness to, it's easy just to do the same old, same old. So their willingness to really try something new and then the feedback from the kids has just been off the charts. And I think, uh, and then I promise we can move on. The other thing I'm really excited about also is the partnership with the teacher librarians. So um, I think many districts in Iowa are trying to figure out how is this going to work out in the elementary? Is it, Are we going to have a brand new teacher who teaches a computer science elective? Will it be the classroom teacher? Will the teacher librarian? Um, and everybody feels that pull of like, well, it's something else that I have to cover now and know. Um, and so I'm really excited about and proud of the way that Iowa City is handling that. So we worked with um, Jenna Lee Chamberlain, who's a teacher librarian and an innovation coach in Iowa City. Um, and so what we're doing is also kind of spreading that load. So the teacher librarians introduce the micro bit, help the kids get connected to their computer with Bluetooth, and then hand it off to the content teacher. And so... I think, at least from my point of view, it feels like a nice shared load. Teacher librarian isn't giving up a ton of their instructional time, but they're introducing kids to a new piece of technology. It's a new literacy, getting them set, hands off to the classroom teacher that covers the micro bit with the content, our energy, but didn't have to take classroom time to introduce the kids and get it all. So I'm really proud of that, too, as a way to have a partnership um, between those different people, but also make sure kids get access. So... We'll be rolling it out to all of the fourth grade teachers in Iowa City in the spring. We'll start planning for that. Oh, you heard it here mm -hmm. first. Oh, yeah. Do they know? I, I think that's the plan anyway. Yeah, as of right now, that's the plan. And so yeah. um, we are definitely in the planning phases of, yeah. of that right now. But yeah. It's been exciting. Another pilot that we haven't worked on as much, but our teammates, so Amber Bridges on the digital learning team, and then other members of the Grantwood computer science team have worked with Lutheran Interparish. They are a K-8 private school, um, and they had they have a lot of Dash robots already. And so our team has gone in, introduced them to Dash, gotten the teachers really comfortable with them. And then um, I'm really proud of the fact that our team has worked with the content consultants on our team. So Laura Musser went and helped with getting science with the Dash robots. Um, Sarah Witt and Mackenzie, our math consultants, will go, I think this week actually, um, to do math. So we've been slowly kind of not only getting them used to Dash, but now how can they integrate it? One really dedicated lessons. I would say, I think I can comfortably say those teachers went from hesitant and not a fan to like really embracing and being excited about how they can use the Dash to get their kids engaged. Um, I was there in December, I think, when they did literacy, and the teachers were coming up with ideas on their own, which I think is the best thing that you can hope for, is you give them a, a little um, nugget of an idea, and then they're able to take it and grow it into things um, that they can use in their classroom that fit with their culture and the kids, because they know their kids. So... That's another pilot that we hope then to kind of grow to say, like, here's examples of how you could use Dash. We can do that with other physical computing dev devices. But we were able to take what they have, help them make the most of the equipment they already have, and then use it to address these requirements. 
So for teachers that are just getting started, um, this might be new, or they're like, you know, where would I even begin? Can Is there a direction that you would point them in to kind of just start to dig in a little bit? I, I would say just start. That's where I would start. <laughs> um uh, I think one place that you could start with is there's tons of Hour of Code or CS Ed Week resources. And those are really nice ways to engage you and the kids in a one-hour opportunity. So if you're nervous and you've never done this before, you can always reach out to us because clearly we would be happy to help and come in your classroom and do it with you. Um, but I think any of those Hour of Code resources are just a one-time thing. If it doesn't go well, it's fine. Like plenty of things didn't go well in 30 minutes or an hour in your classroom and you move on, right? So I think that's a great place to start because you'll get a sense of what's out there and there's lots of choice there. So like the code.org ones, there's a Grinch. So if you're doing it in December and you're a school that does Christmas stuff, you can do the Grinch. There's an Anna and Elsa. There's a Star Wars. Like there's something that kids can grab onto. Um, but I think those are great resources. I'm curious what else Bridget thinks. So I'm going to plug the physical computing devices. Uh, we do some reservations of those and getting some type of robot into the hands of kids, even if it's just a, a small 30-minute hour uh, type of experience is awesome. I've been doing that a lot. I've done some steam days at Van Buren Elementary in Cedar Rapids where it's a rotation and they do buddies. So it's like an upper grade buddy and a lower grade. And I've taken out Bebots and the Indie and um, just the excitement is incredible. So that's, I think, another way that really hooks kids in. And then teachers are starting to see, just like Corey said, with the Dash, thinking about other ways that they could integrate those physical computing devices those robots right away to really capture the interest. And that can be a one-time thing and then eventually move into more um, opportunities on a regular basis with content. So we have a big toolkit. Uh, we're trying to transfer that over to a Google site with a lot of support with all of the um, ways and you can use a robot or physical computing device. So I think that's another way, just hands-on, have fun, even for teachers, like take it into a PD and say, hey, let's play with some robots today and <laughs> see them light up a little bit. Well, and I think we know, we recognize that time is really precious. So if you find something and it's a indoor recess day, it's a before the break day kind of thing, um, kind of grabbing those opportunities where you're not, you don't feel like you're dedicating your instructional time that we recognize is really precious, but gives you and the kids a chance to kind of explore it to see how it's going to go so that when you are using your instructional minutes, you feel like you're ready for that and you know what it's going to look like. I think those are some really nice ideas we've seen. People take the hour code or the CS Ed resources and be really intentional and smart about introducing it. So how can folks stay updated on all of the great offerings here in our area. So uh, this is like shameful plug uh, time, <laughs> right? So uh, we have a website. If you go to gwaea.org slash computer science, all one word, lowercase, we keep everything up to date there. Um, in Iowa, we try to use the hashtag CS, the, the number four, IA, um, and tag everything. So if you're on social media like Twitter or Instagram, there's a Facebook group. Um, 
Yet another shameful plug is CSTA Iowa's the teacher organization. It's free to join. It is shameful because I'm president, but our whole mission is uh, Mindy's making faces. It's our our whole mission is to help teachers not feel alone. So I taught computer science in middle school in the suburbs of Detroit. I was the only person in my district who taught it. I just felt isolated and alone. And so our whole mission is to make sure that teachers feel connected. So if you um, get signed up there, then you'll find out when there's activities and events, scholarships and money. And we have a Grant Wood newsletter. I don't, where is it, Bridget? I don't even know. Um, It's coming up monthly. We're getting a cadence. But I think the good thing about that is it, we try to keep everyone informed of current grants and PD offerings. We try to give a little nugget of, hey, have you tried this? Competitions, just little bits and pieces. Um, we are we have big plans for it. We'd like to start celebrating the educators in Iowa doing great work. So we just want that newsletter to continue to grow. But it's also a, a place to keep up with the newest and latest and greatest. And I think there's a link on our website for you to sign up. I'm pretty sure. There is. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, ladies, thanks so much for coming in and talking with us today about computer science. You clearly know what you're talking about, and I really appreciate that a lot because, well, it's just impressive to hear women mm-hmm. talking about computer science. I love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to reach out to us, you can tag us or um, tweet us on Twitter at DLGWAEA. You can also use our hashtag EdTechTakeout to tag the show. We'd love to hear how you're using computer science in your classroom. If you have ideas about what teachers could do or try, we want to hear those things. So please reach out to us and um, give us a little shout. Um, You can also email us at podcast at gwaa.org. But until next time, this has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot.